Thank you all for coming along with me on my humanist hunt for grace. Why, you might ask, would anyone need to hunt for grace when the word itself is so easy to find? Grace under pressure, like doing your first sermon. <laughs> grace notes in music, disgrace. I've known several graces in my life. I had a childhood playmate. I had a beloved colleague whose mom was named Graziella, my friend Paula, that means grace in Italian, and our friend Grace here at church. I heard grace as a theme in one of President Bush's eulogies, and we've been listening to grace for three weeks here at church. I hope you're not sick of it by now. But in spite of grace's ubiquitous nature, finding its meaning has been my own spiritual earworm for the past several years. I felt a need to understand it and the ways it had shown up in my life. I'm really honored to have this chance to share it with you. I'll begin with this quote I found in a UU World article. A dictionary is to spirituality what kryptonite is to Superman. Uh, nevertheless, I will begin with this Catholic catechism definition that I learned as a child. Grace is God's unmerited, undeserved, unearned, favor, love, or help. Well, having left Catholicism and traditional organized religion years ago, um, does Unitarian Universalism consider itself traditional or organized? I, I, I'm not so sure. <laughs> anyway, this, this explanation no longer satisfied me, and my hunt began. I wondered what non-Christian non traditions thought about grace, or if they thought about it at all. Doing cursory research didn't bring me any clarification. I found the concepts mercy, help, kindness, compassion, all expressed as sort of synonyms for grace, but those explanations didn't satisfy me and my hunt went on. Looking to something more familiar was the hymn Amazing Grace. We just sang it. It came to mind. For years, that song has intrigued me in terms of what it says about grace. Most of us heard the story of John Newton, who, who wrote the song, having been given this gift of grace while he was working on a slave ship. The word grace itself is supposed to come from a Greek word, charis, meaning gift. The words from the hymn, saved a wretch like me, illustrates the common view that grace is unmerited, unearned. Have you heard this quote? Karma is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting punished for what you deserve. And grace is being blessed even when you don't deserve it. But I believe that Everyone deserves good. Doesn't one of our principles in this faith say that there is inherent worth and dignity in everyone? Deciding who deserves good things implies a judgment that I'm not prepared to make. Frankly, I was very relieved last week to hear um, Reverend Shelton's sermon, who spoke to us, um, that he'd come to the same conclusion, and it made me not feel so much like a heretic. I believe that grace is available to everyone. I wonder if you thought, as I did, that grace was something that magically changed John Newton, 
Not quite. This intervention did not bring about an immediate change in his life. He continued to be involved in the slave trade for another six or seven years, even after his experience of grace. And he didn't write that hymn till 24 years later. Why is this important? Well, it helped me expand my views on grace as perhaps cumulative and not a miraculous transformation. Maybe small bits of grace add up until we finally learn to pay attention and notice it. The fact that Reverend Newton did not write Amazing Grace by himself added something else to my understanding. He did it in collaboration with a poet, William Coper. They did it together. In a book I read, Accidental Saints, Finding God in All the Wrong People, <laughs> the author, Nadia Bolz Weber, she's a Lutheran a pastor, um, she postulated that Judas, you know, one of the disciples, couldn't experience God's grace because he was removed from community. In speaking of grace, she stated, I believe that grace can also come through simple, imperfect, everyday human love. We must tell it to each other. She feels grace may emerge out of our connections with and love for one another. I agree. The notion of God as the source of grace or the decider who gets grace is central in Christianity. From its beginnings, as well as in religious and secular contemporary readings. In the book Channeling Grace, Carolyn Miss spoke, speaks of grace as a spiritual immune system, the breath of God, an invisible essence. Every time we sing the lines from America the Beautiful, God shed his grace on thee, that idea is reinforced. Grace and God go together. Well, the centrality of God is not helpful to me as a humanist, as someone with strong Buddhist leanings as well. I, I take issue with the fact that God alone is the dispenser or the sole source of grace. Amen. <laughs> Recalling something that Frank said in a sermon a while ago about the priesthood of believers led me to this conclusion. If we can bless each other, a priestly function, could we not also share or bestow grace on one another? My professional life has supported this idea. As an early childhood educator and a teacher trainer, my area of expertise was the development of interpersonal skills, what we call the social graces. Listening, compassion, accepting kindness, giving others the chance to be kind, that's what social graces do. They make things easier for others. Social graces, manners, are just conventions that make others feel comfortable and help us feel comfortable as well. They help counter fear and anxiety in social situations. Anne Lamont, in her book Traveling Mercies, writes, grace is the light or electricity or juice or breeze that takes you from that isolated place and puts you with others. We are social animals and can find answers to anything with the help and presence of others. 
I believe that relationships can help us be our best selves, can help us find grace. Daniel Goleman, the author of the books Emotional Intelligence and Social Intelligence, states, the brain is social and we can actually catch each other's emotions like we catch a cold. He speaks of relationships as pharmaceutical, and we heard that phrase, a spiritual immune system. We have a special kind of neuron called a mirror neuron. These help us reflect back the emotions we receive from others. I believe we're wired for kindness and compassion. Maybe, just maybe, we're wired for grace as well. What do you think? Can we actually catch grace from someone? As a humanist, I must also listen to reason and not ignore science. And I found a scientific hypothesis that grace happens when there is a shift from the detailed linear orientation of the left brain to the right brain's creative, fluid connection to the universe. Isn't that kind of beautiful? I'm not sure I understand it, but it's kind of beautiful. Grace has been connected to my life in another way as well. As a child, I wanted to be a ballerina. I know that's hard to imagine. I'm not built like a ballerina, but. Um, I studied dance for many years. I even taught it for a while. The physical sensation of movement, the beauty, the seeming effortlessness, the transcendence, grace. I wondered if there was something I could learn from physicality. I remember Cary Grant's graceful elegance of motion, watching Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly in the movies. I know some of you maybe don't remember them, but I remember them. <laughs> that, that sidewalk scene where they sang Singing in the Rain, do you remember that? Wow. It still brings a smile to my lips and uplifts my heart. Such grace, such ease. Was that effortless? No. It took six days to film that sequence. You know, even though I'm not an athlete, Greg Louganis' dives, the way LeBron James handles the basketball, tells the same story. Again, I take issue, this time with the notion that grace is unearned and effort is not involved. Is the grace of athletes, dancers, gymnasts unearned? I don't think so. Many hours, days, even years to perfect that grace they share with us. But I have come to this conclusion. We may not have to put forth effort to be worthy of receiving grace, but it does take effort to pass grace on to others. I don't have to, be, to do anything to be worthy of kindness from others, but I may need to learn to be kind to listen without judgment, to be present to the pain of others, to be still. Physical grace Im implies balance. In a sermon a couple of years ago, we were encouraged to think of a word, a concept, and consider it, meditate on it. I had already been doing that with the word balance. Balance is finding a center. Isn't that what spirituality is in a way? finding our center, connecting to what is true and what helps us live a good life, 
Buddhism speaks of equanimity, being in balance, not being buffeted about, being in touch with our own centers, physical and spiritual. For me, that seems to be a part of grace and a path to grace. For 25 years, I was also a professor of psychology at Northern Essex, where I taught the term resiliency. Now, resilience is defined by the American Psychological Association as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress. That doesn't sound much like grace, but maybe it is. I saw the grace with which many have come through painful, difficult situations. Living presents all of us with challenges, fears, and worries. Yet some people seem to be able to deal with the ups and downs of life with grace. This shift from worry to contentment, from survival to growth, may be the result of grace. Grace helps us to regenerate. It sanctifies us, inspires us to virtuous impulses, gives us the strength to endure trials. Studies show that resilient people have had someone in their lives who loved them unconditionally, and it only takes one person. Those of you who are Catholic remember the prayer, Hail Mary, full of grace. I found a suggestion in several of my readings that grace may be that amazing, unconditional love that a parent may feel for their child. The love that Mary, had and bestowed on Jesus. We are all capable of loving unconditionally, bestowing grace on others. I hope you've had that personal experience of being unconditionally loved when you needed it. I had struggled to come up with some stories of when I experienced grace, examples that would be concrete and useful in sharing my understanding. I couldn't find a way to express them, which didn't make them seem insignificant. I was very grateful last week for Reverend Shelton when he told those good news stories. You know, the, the waitress who served those firemen when they got off duty and they were tired and bedraggled and she paid their bill. And, and they, in response to her kindness, um, did something online and it caused a viral sensation and they raised enough money to get her father a wheelchair. <laughs> That's a wonderful dramatic story and he had several of those. Well, my stories aren't quite as dramatic, um, but, but two came to mind. Um, the, the day at church that my cupcakes that I had just made, homemade chocolate cupcakes with homemade chocolate frosting, fell in the gutter before coffee hour. And uh, a, a congregant here, uh, gave me a hug and, um, and a little bit of humor and got me through. And, and the, tech, the phone calls I received supporting me and my nerves about doing a sermon. And the text I received this morning from another member of this congregation who told me about polka-dotted underwear to help me relieve my anxiety. Um, this congregation has, uh, in many ways, given me those, those moments, and I, I appreciate all of you for it. Um, The grace I've received in my life really hasn't been dramatic or those kinds of stories. But through my hunt, I have figured out what all my grace experiences had in common. What for me is the why of grace. 
They were all gifts that illustrated the basic goodness of people. Not lightning bolts from above, but simple, powerful examples of who we are at our core, at least in terms of my humanist understandings, the goodness, kindness, and loving nature of all human beings. Each time grace has come into my life, it has reoriented me. The quotes in your order of service, I don't understand the mystery of grace. It meets us where we are and doesn't leave us where it found us. Grace reorients us, helps us change our direction, moves us, moves us towards goodness. At those times when I was feeling anger, jealousy, fear, even despair, something happened, a word, a touch, a kindly look, a loving act. Grace helped me gain perspective. Before those negative, but all too human emotions hardened and metastasized. Really, I am not oblivious to the dishonesty, greed, pain, and hate that exist in our world, which we see every day. But each grace-filled moment has allowed me to find truth, generosity, healing, and love, which is stronger and more central in my life. This has been my hunt. My experience of grace is an interactive one, an interaction with others as the source of this reorientation. We are all different. You may receive this gift of grace from an awe-inspiring sunset, or a soaring musical piece, or a stirring passage in a book, or in one of Delight's poems, or in some wonderful way unique to only you. Notice it. Be blessed by it. Whether you believe that neurological brain-oriented brain explanation of grace, or you see grace in that warm feeling that came over you when Mr. Rogers looked into your eyes and said, I like you as you are. Whether you experienced a sudden, miraculous transformation or slowly felt a gentle easing of pain, whether you believe grace comes from God or from your connection to others, grace happens often, doesn't it? I know it's happened to me. I believe it has happened to you and will again. Blessed be.